0: There was a young girl who noticed the daily habit of her mother. This was her mother's Bible devotion habit. And every morning, her mother would get up out of bed, get herself dressed and ready to go for the day, sit down at the table and open her Bible and start reading. Every morning, get out of bed, get herself ready for the day, sit down at the table, open her Bible and start reading. Every day. Finally, perhaps, the daughter daughter's curiosity gets the best of her. She says, Mom, are you ever going to finish reading that book? What do you think? She ever, did she ever get finished reading it? That question can go several ways, so I'm going to ask it to you this morning. You know, wherever you are, you take it as you take it. But are you ever going to finish reading that book? I don't know. Over the last couple of weeks, uh, some of us on Sunday evenings have been studying John Wesley's uh, Three Rules of Living. Okay? Extra credit. Who can give me the first one? Thank you. Do no harm. Good, and just spread the wealth. Who can give me the second one? Be good? Do good. Being good, that's a whole nother sermon. (laughs) Do good. And Who wants to be valedictorian? We still got another six hours before we meet tonight, but who can tell me the third rule that John Wesley had? Stay in love with God. Don't even let me finish the question. Just blah. (laughs) Stay in love with God. These were the uh, rules that John Wesley gave to, as this Methodist movement, as it were, started growing and more people wanted to be a part of it. These were the rules he gave to each person. You do no harm, you do good, and you stay in love with God. Now, stay in love with God, that is Bishop Jobes, who's the guy, the author of the book that we're following. That is his translation of John Wesley's third rule. John Wesley's third rule was to continue in the ordinances of God. Now, what does that mean? Really? Well, think about when our youth were up here and, you know, they they tore that paper and reminded us of how old that material was. And then they tore the second layer to remind us of all the stories that are in there, stories that we can go and read. And they got down to that final layer and it was gold. Reminder that there's nothing more precious than the gift that we have, God's word. And since it is so precious, and since it, is, since it is so valuable in that sense, we ought to be able to love God enough to know what God said to us. And so what John Wesley meant continuing in the ordinance of God was to continue to find out about who God is. What God wants for us. Now, just because you heard that, don't think you don't have to be here tonight, because there's a little more to it, but basically, that's it. Now, in these last two weeks, and this week as well, the Apostle Paul has also kind of helped us promote these three rules. We've been looking at some of the uh, letter to the Ephesian church, the book of Ephesians, and we've seen how, hopefully we've seen how Paul's words have kind of helped us with this idea of doing no harm. Doing good, and then today, staying in love with God. So, I'm going to read these words from the sixth chapter of Ephesians. And I want you to think about uh, that Bible presentation and these three rules. And I also want you to think about I know you've seen some movies and you've read some stuff. And, you know, there's some of these movies where the warrior, right? He's getting ready for the final battle, right? Can you hear the music? Thematic music's going, he's getting ready, and he's arming himself up, ready for battle, right? I want you to keep that in your mind as you hear these words from the Apostle Paul. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his power. Put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For our struggle is not against enemies of blood and flesh, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God so that you may be able to withstand on that evil day and having done everything to stand firm. Stand, therefore, and fasten the belt of truth around your waist. And put on the breastplate of righteousness as shoes for your feet. Put on whatever will make you ready to proclaim the gospel of peace. With all of these, take the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the flaming arrows of the evil, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of the Lord. Why do you think Paul would use that image? More than likely, what Paul has in his mind is a Roman soldier. And these Roman soldiers probably weren't very hospitable to this new little Group forming. So why in the world would Paul want to use that kind of image to, to talk about these kinds of things to these early Christians? Was life really that bad? Was life really that tough for them? Maybe. Or maybe I think also there's some familiarity with this image. So Paul is putting together, constructing before their eyes as they read this, the this, this soldier sort of the same way we were. And he's saying, you've seen one of these guys before. You know what they can do. You've seen them in action. You know how bad they can be. You know what kind of training they've got. You know how prepared they are. You know what these guys are capable of doing. And in the same way, that's the way we should be. Except you know that what you're equipped with isn't in the form of weaponry like that. You, your equipping doesn't come from sage advice or cosmic powers. Your equipping doesn't come from powers from other people. The equipping that you have comes from God. And you know what you've got to face against these kind of people and a whole slew of other people. So be ready. Now, being ready is a little bit different for us as being ready for our first century brothers and sisters. Our world is different. The things we, the things we have around us are different. It's different circumstances. So being ready for them is a little bit different for us. But still, tell me there aren't some things we need to be ready for. The Apostle Paul gives six things to use to be ready. For whatever it is, whatever you want to put up in your mind, whatever's going on right now, use that as a great example. Six things. And you think I'm out of my out of my mind, but as long as you get this into yours, right? Six things. One, two, three, four, five, Right? You now, what Paul said? A belt, a breastplate, shoes, shield, helmet, and sword. Right? We hadn't done a spiritual exercise in a long time. So, everybody get ready. Kind of do your little exercise. Ready? One, two, three, four, five, six. Again. One, two. Three four, five, One, two, three, four five six We could well we could just start something new, couldn't we Belt Tell me tell me that in your life there hasn't been some time when truth wouldn't have made all the difference for you. You know, that breastplate, when you put that on, what are you protecting? I don't care who you are, I don't care how smart you are, how much influence you got, nobody is ever going to be able to convince me That more peace isn't what our world needs. Tell me there haven't been times in your life when all you've had to hold on to was your faith. You couldn't figure out anything else. All these questions about God, all these questions about what's going on in the world, all these questions about yourself, the only thing you had was your faith. And sometimes I think if we could remember what's up top, what covers us, is our salvation. if we could remember that, some of these things that we get so uptight about really would just kind of go away. And then think about it. All these other things are meant to sort of defend and protect. you've got one more hand that you got. And what do you put in that hand? Which is word of God? Some of y'all thinking disco, and the <laughs> I can see the bell bottoms in your eyes. <laughs> huh? We got to have these things. We have to be prepared for them. We have to be prepared to use them, even. As many of you know, our our family took a quick trip to the Galveston area this past week to attend a family funeral. Now, as bad as funerals are, all that kind of stuff, there's a lot of good, too, because I knew when when we went, I knew my family, I knew we'd all be there. and There'd be cousins and uncles and aunts and people I hadn't seen in over a decade there. And sure enough, guess what? They were all there. So as we were going, I said, I'm going to be ready. I brought my camera. I didn't even just bring the camera in the car. I put it in my pocket. Because I'm going to see how everybody else is getting old, right? <laughs> so I'm there. We get there Wednesday night, and we were at the, uh, the visitation. Sure enough, there they were. Boy, and some of them hadn't changed a bit. Just as funny as It's a good time. We laughed together and all that stuff. And then Thursday morning, we had the funeral. Everybody was still there. We cried together. We laughed some more. And after the funeral, you know what we did? We ate together. That's just how we do it, huh? And you know, I wouldn't be telling you this right now if I snapped me some 200 pictures of everybody that night. But don't you know that I was there Thursday night, Wednesday night, Thursday morning, Thursday afternoon, with all the family I hadn't seen in forever, and guess where my camera was? In my pocket. Some of you know where I'm going, too. What good does it do you in your pocket? You might be in the right place. You might be around around the right people. It might be the right time. But if you don't decide to take it out yourself, what good is it doing? You've got to be ready to use this stuff. And then you've got to be careful not to be what I'll call one of these... Uh, specialized Christians. In my experience in the church, I've seen some people who special. They have a specialty. They don't want to talk about righteousness. Oh, but they can tell you some truth. Let me tell you what I heard. And that's the truth, y'all. But I ain't want to gossip, but let me tell you the truth. Stop Names, don't be mean. Or some people, you know, they got, I guess they think they got four or five breastplates on them because they're so righteous. Hmm. You know, and as, as, as silly as it may look, or how ill prepared we might think a soldier is, if you see a soldier, they on TV or whatever, you know, he's got his belt. And he's got his breastplate, and he's got that shield and his helmet, and he's got that sword. But he forgot his socks and shoes. He ain't going to last very long. Some of you stub your toe on the couch and cry like a little girl. If you're in battle, you ain't got no shoes, guess what? You're not going to last very long. Or you may have you some nice, new, shiny shoes, right? And you got that nice breastplate. You got that shield and that helmet and that sword, but you forgot your belt. Too embarrassed to do anything else. In the same way with us, we need to learn how to use all of these things. <laughs> Stella can't stop from that. <laughs> We're going to pause for a moment, let Stella regain herself. <laughs> Y'all can't see her face. (laughs) I've told y'all, don't ever do that to me because I can't stop myself. Golly. What sermon am I doing? We're not sure. This. Look at you. Bell bottoms. Uh, Sway. Uh Uh-oh. Butterfly collar. I done lost (laughs) y'all. I know what I was saying. We got to be ready, don't we? Think you're ready. You got to be ready. You got to learn how to use all these things. In John's Gospel... Jesus takes a a good while to tell people and to teach that I am the bread. I am the gift from the Father in heaven. I am what gives life. And then he says today, anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood. Boy, if you're over here and just in that conversation, what does that sound like? Even some of the people who've heard the whole thing, you know what they say? No, whoa, sorry. I'm gone. Sorry, I'm out of here. And Maybe, I don't know, maybe Jesus felt bad. I'm I'm sure he felt something for them. Maybe tears, I don't know. We don't know those kind of things. But as he watches them go. Jesus turns to the 12 disciples, the ones that we're familiar with. And he says, well, what about you? You want to go as well? Peter says, Lord, who are we going to go to? You have given us words of eternal life. Where are we going to go? We're ready with what you give us. We're ready. My prayer is that each of us, you and I, can, can have a place like this where we can come and we can know that we hear eternal life. We know the presence of God is with us, and we know that God is giving us what we need to be ready. Where else are we going to go? Y'all ain't got to tell me now, but I know some of us, we've tried some other stuff, haven't we? Look where that's gotten us sometimes. Where else are we going to go? Friends, may you be ready. May you be ready the way God has made you ready. And may each of us know the words of eternal life. In Jesus' name.